Welcome to Joyful Marketing. I'm Simone Soul, and I teach you how to get your life coaching practice fully booked without having to pay for ads, buy Instagram followers, or complicated sales funnels. It's not rocket science, and you can do it too. Listen on to find out how. Depending on where you're listening from, you're either on the Joyful Marketing Podcast with Simone or... Or the Mastering Coaching Skills Podcast with Lindsay. Because this is a conversation with the two of us together. (laughs) Yes. And And we're already messing it up. We got on. We were like, wait, did we make any decisions about this? So So whether you're here to improve your coaching skills or to improve your marketing skills, I think that this episode is going to be so, so deeply useful for you because Lindsay and I were talking about something um, that we were both passionate about and we were like, oh my gosh, we totally have have to bring this to our people. And we were just chatting about how we were both having incredibly allergic days. So if we sound nasally or if we sneeze, you know what it is. (laughs) Yep. Just allergy. How do we, do you remember how we started talking about this? Oh, I do. But now I'm afraid to say it because people are going to be mad (laughs) because we started talking about human design. Oh, yes. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) I was like, well, it's okay. We can talk about that. Okay, let's talk about myself. We're going to be really rude. Hopefully you won't be offended. Lindsay and I were just started. We were just chatting about how we both are so annoyed by human design. And I want to preface this by saying, listen, I have so many friends and, and clients who love and champion human design. And I totally believe in what you're doing. It helps so many people from what I've seen. You okay, hold over. on. Let me, I'll, I'll say it. Let me take okay. over. I think where my brain goes with it, why I have a problem with it, it's not actually human design that I have a problem with. It's the when coaches get into coaching and then they see other things and they're like, oh my gosh, and I have to do this and I have to do this and I have to do this. And human design, again, nothing wrong with human design on its own. Like you said, I think it's amazing. I've seen people have amazing results. I'm really actually intrigued by it personally. What I don't like is when coaches get very distracted and instead of kind of making money, starting their business, it becomes for whatever reason, human design on its own has kind of becomes like all consuming is what I've just like, in like, this moment in time, like yes. right now it's human design from what we're seeing. And again, I want to re- really reiterate, like, I totally believe that human design is awesome. It's not actually about that. It's just that at any you know different point in time, there's going to be, you know, there's usually something that is like all the rage. There's usually the one thing that now all the coaches have to know about, right? And one thing that now, you know, people are promising, this is the thing that's going to unlock everything else. And this is the thing that the bandwagon that everybody has to jump on. And that is actually what we were annoyed by, not actual human design, because I don't think either of us knows enough about it too actually be annoyed by it. <laughs> 100%. I would say it's also it's just like uh, personality tests and EFT and just any of the things like I could just give a whole list of like, yeah, Myers-Briggs and you breath know, work. Yeah. All the things that coaches just can be distracted by. Some of the things are amazing tools. And I teach this where it's like they're amazing tools. If you really see a need for it, maybe you add it. But doing it from a place of and we're going to this is like what we're talking about. Right. But just doing it from a place of like abundance instead of thinking I must have this tool or I can't be a coach. So we talked about this and we were like, this is so important for people to know. And then we decided to call it method constraint. Right. And Lindsay said she teaches this a lot in her mastermind. And I think 
I haven't consciously taught it, but I've had a philosophy of it um, for a long time. And And you can jump in, Lindsay, whenever you want. But the way I see it, method constraint is about having intentional sort of intentional approach to deep cultivation of the tools and methods that you already have and intentionally trusting them to be enough and really gaining mastery over them and really placing the value on that as opposed to always kind of having shiny objects in general, right? Like, oh, I need to add more tools to my toolbox, no more methodologies, more philosophies, more this and that before I can be a good enough coach. Yeah. Well, when you were saying that, I was thinking how true this is for like, I just teach constraint all around, right? But even when you think about marketing, right? It's like this exact same thing. It's like if if I decide I'm going to market my business organically, and then I give it not very much time. And then I'm like, it's not working. I have to go find this new thing. And then that's not working. I have to go find this new thing. It's just never allowing the time for the thing, whatever it is that you've chosen to work, right? And to have just a deep understanding of this is what I'm doing. So I have a question for you. I think most coaches, they they start being coaches because they're really passionate about like the one paradigm, the one tool that they, we all start with the first thing that we learn, right? And we're really excited about it, right? And we have, we do some really great work with it. And then when's the time, Lindsay, where you see coaches really kind of getting antsy and thinking that they need to like add more and more and more? For me, I see it show up two ways. So one way is they really almost like become, uh, what's the word, like immune to it, right? Like, oh, this is just so easy, right? It's like you learn. You like you take learn, it for granted almost. Yeah. Where yeah. you just, you learn one method. I know for me, I learned just a very basic like mindset coaching, right? It changed my entire life. And then I remember as I kept going, I was like, oh, I need to, I need to learn all these new things, right? Luckily, I had someone to tell me, no, 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 you don't need to do that. Like constraints, come back. And I think that's kind of what it is. It's like the newness wears off. And it just, as a coach, when you get, when you're like, oh, I'm used to this thing. Now I have to find, go, like go find the new thing instead of creating a deeper understanding of the one that you already know. I think people hit that block of like, oh no, I need to, you know, the, what, I, what I know isn't enough when the newness, newness wears off. Yes. And also when they hit let's say maybe they had a client session that felt kind of weird and they're like, oh, I'm not sure if I ha- actually help up, help that person. Or they they sign a new client and it feels like this new client is not getting the one tool, the one thing that I really believe in that works so well for me and my other clients, right? I think, haven't you seen that a lot of these times is when the doubt starts to come in and people start to get antsy? Yeah, when I said there were two times, I think that was the other example I was going to give, right, is when like something happens yeah. in your business, you're coaching a client, and for whatever reason, you might have a client that it just has a little more resistance than your other clients, or that just maybe even just their personality is different. But for whatever reason, you make that mean, I need more tools. I don't know how to do this. Yeah, or your brain tells you like, oh, you're not a good coach. You thought you were a good coach, but you're not a good coach because you don't. You only know this and you don't know these other things, yes. right? Whereas I think, first of all, that's never like, oh, that was a bad coaching session. You're a bad coach. That is never a circumstance. That's always a thought. <laughs> and yeah. also, I think that in the lifetime of a, of a coach's career, you're always going to encounter those moments, no matter what you know and how much you know, just because that's what happens when you grow at like in your skill set of anything. 
if the, yeah. the only skills that you had was in the world was to be a potter and you made pottery and you that's all you ever did, you would still always encounter, oh shit, I'm a bad potter. I'm bad at this. Like over and over, as long as you're growing in your skill in pottery. That's a thing, right? <laughs> that is the most random example. And I love it so much. I just feel like it's a really <laughs> straightforward. Okay, watch. I get all these comments from actual potters being like, it's actually a very complicated skill set. <laughs> oh, well, I'm sure it is. But I love that analogy. It's like for anything, right? Like when you are very good at one skill or you're focused on one skill, doesn't matter how amazing you are, you're still going to have an off day. I say this in my mastermind. I'm like, literally, this is what I teach. And some days my brain says, you're a terrible coach. And some days you're going to have a client who's like, you're not helping me or I'm dissatisfied with the coaching or I don't think I'm making any progress. This isn't working for me. Like that is happening not because you need more tool, not, not because you're a bad coach, but because that is just what happens in a coach coach's career. Like it's something that's going to happen over and over. It's not you and it's not your lack of tools. Yeah. And I think when you look then outside of what you already know, right? Yeah. Where it's like, oh, I, I don't know how to coach this client. Let me go find this new thing. Let me go learn this new tool. It prevents you from the actual learning you could have in that moment, which is how do I coach this client? Right? With like, what I have. With what I already have. Yes. Yeah. Like how do I use what I already have and be an ama amazing coach? For this client. That's so, so important growth. and so brilliant. Like I want to just notice when your brain says something, something isn't enough, right? Because I've heard so many coaches around me say like, oh, thought work isn't enough, right? And, or whatever else. I mean, I guess other people say that about other modalities as well. But because I hang out with a lot of thought work people, um, I think people also have reactions to thought work. Well, thought work isn't enough. So think about the frame of mind it puts you in as you go and learn other things, because you're going and learning other things from a perspective of wanting to fill a hole and from, from, from kind of like a perspective of lack and scarcity in your own confidence and skill set, as opposed to thought work or whatever it is, is enough. And it is all I ever need to help myself, help my clients. And I am enriching my toolkit, my skill set by going and learning this other thing. This isn't a debate about, oh, it's not working enough. You need more than that. But just consider the difference between believing in something enough to want to really create mastery of it. Right. And knowing that that is your path as opposed to like diversifying your, your attention. And this is by no means me saying, don't go learn other things. Don't enrich your, your skill set in one modality by learning other things, but it's the energy that you bring to the learning that's going to affect how you learn it and how you practice it too. Because guess what? If you have the thought, thought work isn't enough and you go learn five other things, guess what? At the end of that experience, you're going to look back and think, oh, now I know these six things and that isn't enough either. And I'm going to, I need to go learn even more, right? Yes. Yes. It's just, it reminds me a lot of what I see some coaches do too, right? Where it's like, well, I'm not really sure how to sell this one offer. So I'm going to create 20 more and yeah. they just never learn how to sell the offer. And it's just this very confusing business. that's always, always evolving, always changing. It's kind of the same thing if you think about it, right? It's like, if you know one method, you learn one method forcing yourself to get really good at it and go deeper as opposed to going out and finding the 20 other things, 
is going to promote so much growth in you, right? And it really is going to show you, oh, this is enough. A really blunt way of saying what you just said is it's not any of these other things. It's your lack of skill. It's not because of your niche that you're not selling. It's that, oh, nobody's buying in this niche, or it's not because nobody wants to buy at this price point, or nobody wants to buy this particular structure of an offer. It's that you are not yet skilled enough in selling it in the amount that you want to. So then if you can't blame the offer, if you can't blame the niche, if you can't blame the social media platform algorithm, then the only thing you have to blame is your own skill at selling and marketing. And I think that's what we kind of run away from because we think I've done everything I could. I don't know how to improve my own skill in, in selling what I have. So I'm going to go create a new offer. Just like I don't know how to how to um, improve my own skill in thought work. And I don't want to look at that right? Because that feels like somehow the last place to go. So I'm going to look and you know, blame the tool and find something else to learn. And just, it, this sounds kind of mean, but you can, I, I'm saying this in the most loving way. What if you were to ask, what if the, always, what if the problem is always me and never the tool? <laughs> Meaning, of course, there's no problem with you. There's nothing wrong with you, but just the, it's just the level of skillfulness you are at right now, where every time you encounter a challenge, every time you encounter an obstacle, you're just be, you're just being invited to get better at it, to do, to apply a more nuanced application of it, right? To take a different approach to the same thing that you know, to take a step back and think, okay, how can I apply the tool that I know in a different way, a better way, with you know more consideration for the content, whatever it is, right? Yes. It's not the tool; it's it's your level of skill. <laughs> And that doesn't have to be a bad thing, right? It's I see this in my mastermind where people come in sometimes and they like judge themselves, right? Yeah. And they're like, no, I don't want to actually look at this place where I don't think I'm the best coach. I'm like, that doesn't make any sense at all. It's literally why you're here, right? Like you don't need to judge yourself because you have this area that you want to improve. That's where you're yeah. like, they're, they're, that's where you want to stop and hang out. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that that is probably the genius of what you and I both teach in different ways and different areas, right? But it's like, that's half of what I teach sometimes, I think, is I'm like, no, 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 come back. Like, this is the place where you want to just like park for a while and really deepen your level of skill, not because anything has gone wrong, but because it's literally how you learn anything. You're like, not great at it. And then you get better and better and better. And it doesn't have to be a problem. And I think that's such a less sexy, less shiny, less fun approach than jumping around from thing to thing, like really looking at where you lack skill, really looking at where you're lacking belief, really looking at where you're feeling discomfort and not running away from the discomfort and just allowing that and being there and saying, okay, what if the only reason I'm here is so that I can get better because I'm, I'm here to learn, right? What if that's the only way, only reason the discomfort is happening? Not because I need to change course, switch strategies. Yes. And I will say just in case anybody else, like I don't relate a lot to when people say shiny object syndrome. So I want to say just in case anyone else, because this is a sneaky one where it gets me because I'm like, no, 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 I like constraint and I don't like to, I'm not like, ooh, this, ooh, this. Of course I can sometimes, right? But for the most part, like that's just not a a path my brain likes to go down. You know me. It's like less is more, all the things, right? And so, but where my brain takes me is I love to learn. I love to learn new things, Mm. right? Like new skills. Like that is a, it's like a, 
well, it's like more gold stars, <laughs> right? Like it's a very different, it's kind of a different sneaky way of thinking about it. Where oh, I, I hear coaches say that a lot. Oh, it's not that. It's not shiny optics. I just love learning. Shouldn't we always be learning yes, and always be better? Yes. I mean, it's the exact same thing, right? right it's just right. when I hear that term, I'm like, nah, I don't know. So just in case anyone else was thinking that, I just want to show you, right? Like there right. are other ways to think about it. Your brain is still doing the same thing. But how would you counter if coaches say, you know, but isn't it good to learn? Like, shouldn't, you know, shouldn't we always be adding to our arsenal? Like, or even if it's a, you know, marketing client of mine, it's like, shouldn't I be branching out to Clubhouse and YouTube and whatever? Like, you know, what would you, how would you respond? Yeah, I think there is sometimes this fine line where it's like really examining the reason that you're doing it, right? And I always say it's like, you're, are you doing it from from scarcity, from lack, from like, I need more skills in order to be a good coach? Or are you doing it from, I have mastered this skill and I'm so excited to learn this other thing, right? Like, I don't need it. I could definitely build my entire business around this one thing that I do and I'm adding this, right? It's just that it can be really sneaky. You just have to be onto your brain. You know, it's so funny, Lindsay. One of the very first tools I learned in my training was actually EFT. Right. And it's literally, I was so young. I was like 22 and I learned what I learned EFT and I learned for the first time in my life that I can change my energetics, my like emotional state and my thoughts by just doing EFT. And I remember at the time my teacher said, imagine like how many lives you can change just with EFT. Imagine everybody knew the power of being able to change your emotions just at will with this one tool that's free and caught and takes like 30 seconds to do. Mm -hmm. And in that moment, I so deeply believed her because she believed herself. And like, I was like, oh my gosh, EFT can change the world. And since then I've learned so many new things, but I, I, I never forgot the kind of magical feeling that I had knowing EFT, feeling like I had a superpower, right? So for example, if you know thought work, do you feel like you have a superpower or do you feel like, well, I just know this one thing, right? Because if you like, if you feel like, oh, I just know this one thing that blase, like what Lindsay was talking about, you'd almost take it for granted. What it means is not that you need to go learn some, something else, but probably because probably that you like stepped out of the magic of it and you need to step back into the magic of it. Yes. Right. Yeah. And I, one way I see that kind of showing up for people is they think like, oh, it's too simple. Sometimes like it's oh just, my gosh. It's such a simple tool. Yeah. Like, well, then you're not doing it right. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, it might be simple, right? But it's not always easy. And so if it feels too simple and it just feels like this is easy, it doesn't make sense, it doesn't apply to all situations, then like dig a little deeper and see what happens. Yeah. It's so interesting to me whenever people say, you know, like the model is too simple or the thought work is too simple because, you know, Lindsay, you and I were in this very high, high level mastermind with like, you know, multiple six figure, seven figure coaches. And when we peer coach each other, it's always like, okay, let's write down a model. I think that's a circumstance and not a thought or vice versa. And it was like, that thought just created your result. And like, what, you know, we always are, I think we do the most advanced work because we do, we take the simplest tools and stay really true to them and go really deep with them. Wanting, you know, complexity, I think is a form of, I think can be a form of escape. Right? Yeah. I think one 
one of my favorite words to use when I'm talking about this is nuance, because I think one thing to really lean into is how can there be some nuance to this one tool that I know, right? So for example, sometimes when people talk about thought work, they think, well, but for like a lot of situations that just doesn't apply or it's not the right thing to use. You can't just go around telling people it's their thoughts. And I'm like, right, you shouldn't be saying that. Yeah, that's not actually how we're doing here. Yeah. Yes. So let's find some nuance in it, right? Let's think about, okay, if you can't ever say those words, if you can't actually say to your client, oh, that's just a thought, if that's off the table, then what else do you have to say, right? Like how else do you explain it? How else do you show them? How do you use their brain instead of just you telling them, oh, I see this as a thought. So I'm just going to tell you. And I love what you always teach too, Lindsay, which is your clients are just human. Like you have to see your clients as human before you see them as like coaching clients. And you have to pay attention to their body language. You have to pay attention to their facial expression. In other words, you have to like really be present with the whole person. Sorry, you can like hear my baby crying. Um, (laughs) And being, being present with the whole person is going to make you like talk to them differently and notice different things about them, which is going to make you do thought work with them at a totally different level. And the thing is, it's that the ability to really be present with another person in a really clean way where you're really seeing them as human and really caring for them and really seeing them in their highest potential. And then being able to kind of like tease out to where they are right now and find the thoughts like that takes a lot of care. It takes a lot of like high quality presence. And that is what is going to like save your coaching session every time, not a different tool. You know how we were just chatting before the recording started and you say in your mastermind, people come in expecting that you're going to teach them all these new dazzling things that they've never heard before. But in fact, it's like, oh, wait, not okay. this. You can't tell people that I don't actually teach them a hundred new things. <laughs> <laughs> Oops. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. Tricked you. But, but what actually ends up happening is that you're like, okay, so how do we get confident with what you already have? Yes. And I think that is the most sophisticated, most nuanced way to go about it. It's going to, because here's why, because it's going to ask the most of you. It's going to ask you to allow the greatest amount of discomfort. It's going to ask you to reach into more self-trust than you ever had before. It's going to ask you to ask yourself, like what version of yourself you're bringing to the coaching table, as opposed to how many things you can like shove in your, you know, bag of tricks. (laughs) I just love this. I can't wait to listen and take notes and just like, wait, these are the emails I need to write. This is it. She's saying it. She's marketing my thing. (laughs) It's so good though. No, but it's true. It is. What's so interesting is I, in the beginning of my mastermind, I spend a lot of time kind of helping my clients see that one of the biggest things they love to rush through is really creating awareness with their clients right? And so we'll kind of do these exercises where I have them practice just really like in one session, maybe never moving out of awareness, right? Like just staying in it, which- Oh, it's so uncomfortable. <laughs> like the model, right? It's like the the unintentional model, if that's what people know. It's like staying just in that, right? Seeing like really how how am I thinking? What are the emotions that are coming up? How is that affecting everything I'm doing? And just staying there and they're like, this is the hardest thing that I've ever done. And Everybody rushes is- right past that. And they're like, oh, oh I've done like- thought work. No, you yeah. haven't. It's not sexy, right? It's like, no, you want to get to the goal, like the thing, right? Yeah. The thing yeah. that you Ta-da! want. That's the goal. And it's yeah. so sexy. But really, 
what I teach them is like when you actually see the awareness, when your client gets it on a, such a different level, you don't even have to create the, okay, exactly what is it that you need to believe to move out of it? Because the awareness so enough itself is like enough to shift everything when you really, yeah. really have awareness. Yeah. When it's that moment of like, oh my gosh, that is how I'm creating results right now. What? Like I didn't even see it. Right. And then when your clients move forward throughout their days, they see they're like, oh my gosh, these are the actions we were talking about. Right. Yeah. Like that's where they usually notice it is the action, the action line. Right. Where like, oh my gosh, we just talked about all of this. I have so much awareness and now I see it's showing up every day. This is what I'm doing. And it's just such a different level of coaching than just like, okay, now what do you need to believe to like not feel crappy anymore? You don't need to rush out of it. We need to really be in the awareness. And it and I think a lot of discomfort. It's also modeling to, modeling to your client how like the most effective way to self-coach as well, right? Because your client is probably having the problems they're having because they're just like running around like headless chicken, just like crazy thinking like one task to another, one thought to another, right? And they're never getting to slow down. And when they sit with you has to be the one time of their week or whatever, when they're getting to slow down and when they're not chasing the next high or the next distraction, the next thing, right? And yes. And I, before I forget, the other thing I really want to mention is that when people get into shiny object syndrome or I love learning syndrome. <laughs> yeah. So funny. They're like opposite, but exactly the same thing. Right. Or is when they have a prospective customer or client, right? Come to them and say, hey, I'd love to work with you. Um, I'm looking into working with you, but do you know this, this other, do you know human design? <laughs> oh man. Yeah. Or do you know hypnosis or do you, I really want to work with somebody who, and then you're like, oh shit, should I, nope, should I, I can I, learn it. I, I should go study it so I can work with this new client. And I think that it's, it's so tempting. I so profoundly get like the urge to like respond to that by saying like, okay, let me go learn it. But to me, that's an, an issue of like how you think about your own skills and your own business and kind of like selling to what you think the customer wants, as opposed to having such deep belief in what you want, what, what you have. And if somebody were to come to come to you and say, Hey, do you know human design, these other five things? Cause I think I need all those having the confidence to be able to ask them, like, why do you think you need all those things to get the change that you want? Yes. I mean, I'm not saying like argue with that person, you know, maybe they, maybe they're not the best fit client, but then, you know, it's, it's all about having that like sort of groundedness in what, you know, and like how much more effective that is when you're selling, when you're believing I have everything and anything that anyone can need in order to create, in, in order to reach their goals, get the transformation they want. Right. And I just remember, I believed this so deeply when I was like 22 and learned my first like three new tools. And I had to work with like two people for free. And it had, and arguably I'm a lot more skilled now than I was back then, but I think it was my, my level of enthusiasm and confidence about what I already had and believing it, that the tool is enough. The tool is so powerful. What I know is so powerful that I don't even need to be experienced because the tool will do all of the work. Like I had so much faith in it. And I think that's what got me through all of the drama that then ensued. <laughs> in my coaching business that made me want to, you know, abandon it permanently, which I never did. Thank goodness. But it's just, I guess it's like a lot of this is like an invitation for you to fall back in love with your tools. Yes. 
right? Like when you like really love your partner, somebody else can dangle five new people in front of you. You're going to be like, no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's such a good analogy because I know I just thought it was like pretty brilliant. <laughs> well, you can see other people and be like, yes, of course, that person's attractive. Yes, of course, this thing like that looks exciting. Of course, that relationship is amazing. I could compare myself all day. I can want these things all day. But like, I don't because I love my husband, right? Such and a good analogy. Yeah. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with any of those things. It's just my husband's pretty Oh, great. let me extend this analogy. Okay. So some people are like <laughs> very happily, intentionally, ethically polyamorous, right? So then if you are polyamorous, this is like, like akin to if you have a coaching practice and you use lots of tools, right? So, and that's very valid. I mean, I think I arguably use lots of tools um, and not just thought work, but that is like you deciding to be polyamorous because you think your partner is kind of lacking and you think that you'll finally be happy when you like have the right person in the mix and you just keep dating people and keep adding people to the mix right? as opposed to knowing like, no, my partner is perfect. I love them. And our relationship is amazing. And I want to add this new, like, I am like, so not polyamorous. I'm just guessing this is how it works. <laughs> this, this took a turn, but I'm here for it. <laughs> And I'm just going to keep going with this. It's so fun. (laughs) Also, because what happens, right, when you think about tools and adding a bunch of tools and adding them from that place of like, I need more, it becomes, I see this happen with my clients where they get very confused about when to use what, right? So just like in in that type of relationship, if you don't specifically choose it and you're not like, this is exactly what it looks like. I know what I'm doing. I know when I want to be with this person, when I want to be like, whatever, however it works. I don't actually know. But this this is a very loose analogy. But just even if you just think about relationships in general, right? It's like being with the one person versus being deciding in the moment which which one, who do I want to be with? That will get very confusing and just your mind is everywhere. You're for sure not calm, right? It's just such a different experience than even if you decide down the road to add more tools, let's say, if we're going to leave the people out of it at this point, I think just Let's just come back to the tools. You're going to add more tools, but you know exactly when to use Mm. different ones, right? Like I have a client who does do EFT and coaching and beautifully, right? It's like she uses EFT and then some stuff comes up and then this whole she's like a magician and then she coaches on it, right? And I I bet she she really took the time to be masterful at each thing. Yes. Yeah, which is just very different than like, I need to learn all of these things and never master any of them because then it truly becomes so confusing. I see it happen with my clients. Sorry, we're going to revisit the the romance analogy just one more time (laughs) because, you know, if you're dating a whole bunch of people and you're like, you're never sure who you want to be with in a given moment in time and you're like, should I call this person? Should I call that? Should I be with this person? That is probably it reflects a a relationship that you have with yourself, right? Where you're looking for other people to fill a hole because you don't feel good being on your own, right? So now the analogy to coaching is that look where you are looking for tools to fill a hole in how you think about yourself as a coach, because you're not believing that you just showing up, just your presence isn't enough, right? Like you'd be so much happier in any kind of configuration of romantic relationship. If you knew how to feel sufficient on your own, 
so that you aren't always scrambling for somebody else to fill that hole. And think about how much more powerful you'd be as a coach if you believe that just you just showing up for for the, for your client, your mere presence, right, was enough. And who you were just period as a coach is enough. And you never needed to add anything. Think about how much how much power is in that, right? I think that was worth bringing that back into. <laughs> Sure. You might have heard, you know, this is a Steve Chandler thing that gets thrown around a lot, which I really like. It's like if all you did when you had a problem was go talk to a lamppost uh, once a week, an hour every week, like your problem would get so much better. That's mm-hmm. the power of just having someone to listen to your problems, having someone to just give you their full attention, right? Like how much powerful is that? And isn't that coaching stripped down to the most like barest minimum? right? Just your presence and how much less powerful that is when you're sitting there thinking, oh, I can't serve this person because I don't know that. Da, 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 da. In which case you're being in your brain and your drama instead of being present with the other person, which is a skill that Lindsay teaches you in her mastermind. <laughs> <laughs> well, one thing I noticed what among I thought others. of when you were saying that, yeah, among all the things, but yeah, that is, de- I mean, that's huge. It's definitely something that I everybody works on in the mastermind, no matter what level of coach they are, it comes up for everyone. And one thing that really comes up when I have them, you know, kind of really focus on awareness and spend time doing that with their clients, they, most of them report back that what makes it hard isn't because it's not working because that they always say like, I mean, the client, it like blew their mind. It blew my mind. We're all in shock. Like what is happening? This is so great. But one thing that makes it hard is that there's more empty space on the calls. There's more mm. quiet. There's more and their brain really wants to jump in and fill it. Right? So it's like okay. if I know more, if I teach more, if I whatever more, I'll have things to say. And it's just a very different experience when you just allow your client to think and allow there to be just a little bit of space. It can be a little uncomfortable. Right. Like how many problems do we create in our lives just just in general because we can't stand the empty space. So many. Right. And we can't allow the pauses. I right? always think about, this is so random. You might not have any idea what I'm talking about, but have you ever seen the things? I feel like I saw this in a psychology class at some point where they put up a picture and it's letters and they're like, okay, read it. And you do. But then they're like, now look, carefully and you see that like half the letters are missing oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah. your, your brain just I forget what it's called but your brain just like fills it in yeah like, yeah 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 yeah. it's kind of like I feel like it's like an urge kind of for your brain to just fill it in right like oh there's empty spaces let me just fill it in mm-hmm. and in that case it's like it's probably getting it right or close to right or whatever but in our just lives when we have those spaces Sometimes it's, what is it filling it with, right? It's just like sloppy thoughts, anxiety, like whatever, right? Like all the things that are happening, just like, let me fill in the spaces. And I think it's, it's a, like a skill to learn to just sit in the space. Totally. And then like allow the discomfort of that. Yeah. Brilliant. And I want to make sure I say this one thing before we close about that to bring it back to business and marketing. Right. (laughs) And so I think that a lot, this where this applies to marketing is a lot of coaches think that what is going to make their coaching enticing to clients is like flaunting how many things they know, how many different modalities, what they've learned, where, they, where they've been certified, all the things, different things they've been trained in. 
listen, I'm not going to mince words. Your clients don't give a shit. <laughs> it's true. They, they really, really, truly don't care. <laughs> all I well, all I say always is just like, what's the one thing your clients want? And it's like, my, my clients are always like, oh, they're like guessing all these things. And I'm like, no, they want results. What are you talking about? They don't want any of those things. Exactly. They don't care what they you want- know. They don't care anything. They just want the results there. They, they want the result. Them. They just want the transformation they came to you for. And a lot of the times when you are talking about all the things you know, you're really talking about you and you're not talking about the client. You're not really thinking from their point of view and thinking about how you can lead them from point A to point B towards transformation they're looking for. And so that's another way you can shift from for sure, accidental, right? Self sort of self-centered thinking to truly client-centered thinking, which is going to make your marketing so much better. Clients don't care how many different modalities and tools, you know, if you do know lots of things, which is amazing, I know lots of things too. The best way to let that shine in your marketing is to really speak to the client from your, your multifaceted awareness of their problem and your multifaceted awareness to the solution that you can guide them through. It's kind of like saying what you know instead of saying what you know, or what am I saying? Like letting what you know shine through in what you're saying as opposed to saying, I know X, Y, Z. Does that make sense? Yes. Yeah. Yeah, It's like playing an amazing song instead of saying like, I know how to play the guitar and sing and whatever else you could do at the same time. I don't even know. Exactly. And I'm I'm a very impressive musician, right? Yes. Or you can sing it out. Versus showing them. Yeah, just play the song and let let that be the experience. So yeah, that's that's way, one way this comes up in marketing. And you don't even ever have to talk about the tools that you want, uh, th- that you use because your clients don't care. You're probably going to lose them. It's probably going to be boring for them. Instead, just talk, talk to them about where they are, where they want to go, and how you're going to get them there. Those are the only three things you ever have to talk about. Love it. Fabulous. So method constraint. Lindsay Dotsloff and Simone Soul recommend method. Highly recommend. <laughs> Five stars. Five stars. Go deep with what you have. And and it might not be as sexy, but it is totally going to transform your client results and your business. Perfect. So I guess we don't need to say like where you can find us because if you're on one of our podcasts, you know. That's but right. Yeah, if you need to, this is the joyful working with Simone or coaching mat. Wait, mastering coaching skills. Mastering coaching skills with Lindsay Dotsloff. Just find us somewhere. We're everywhere. We're everywhere. Search for us if you can't find us. All right, my friends. Goodbye. Bye. (laughs) Hey, if you want a shot of fresh inspiration and actionable tips to improve your marketing every single week in your inbox, you better get on my email list. Sign up to receive my free ebook called 20 Unsolicited Copy Tips. It's been known to get people to come out of the woodwork and ask to work with you. So get on that link in the show notes and I'll see you in your inbox next time. Bye.